It's one of them days. How's everybody doing? Welcome to Finding Subjects Podcast. I'm Tony. Got the AC blasted behind me. You can hear it. I'll try to get some of it out of there with some noise reduction, but it's better to feel good than to look good. You ever need a shower after you take a shower? I want to start taking cold showers. I heard that it uh, it's really beneficial to your health. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast that was talking about that, the, the effects and the benefits of uh, a sauna and how it stimulates your body and uh, just really fascinating stuff. Um, I believe I believe it may have been uh, one of a recent episode of Joe Rogan, but you might want to check that out. It was a doctor talking about a neurophysicist or neurologist possibly. Uh, just go into JoeRogan.com and check out his... Uh, Recent episodes, good stuff, but he's a very intelligent guy. You know, I don't think he gets credit. People, like people do, label somebody from what they know or don't know from them. You know, you'll see him in, uh, you know, like MMA fighting or comedy uh, or, you know, Fear Factor back in the day. I'm telling you right now, this guy can carry a conversation with the, the best of them on any topic. Very well read. Um, very interesting podcast. Um, that's no wonder why he has uh, so many guests knocking at his door, wanting to come on his show, and how uh, he's being rewarded by Spotify for that because he brings in the advertising dollars for sure. But it's a good show. Give it a chance. If you never listened to Joe Rogan podcast, um, I would highly recommend it. Every show is uh, like a, a very special guest that is very intelligent for the most part. And has a lot to add, and you will learn something each and every show. Uh, sometimes guests are very, very hard to come by. Reputable guest and uh, intellectual guest. Uh, he has no problem them coming to him. So uh, Joe Rogan podcast. Not that he needs any endorsement from me, because uh, he has no idea who I am. <laughs> but I really enjoy listening. I learn a lot from that show. Um, give it a shot. You know, in in life, you know, don't go by what other people say. Uh, learn something on your own. Educate yourself about something. And especially don't let reputation or hearsay interfere with something that you need to find out on your own. How often does that happen in life? So I'll post yesterday on on uh, Facebook. And it said something about uh, beware of people who trash people uh, in front of you. And would you intercept or intercede in a conversation where someone's trashing somebody and you know it to be a falsehood. Uh, the person that may know that this is a falsehood and doesn't say anything in defense of that other person is just as guilty as the person doing the slander. Is that complicated? <laughs> so basically, if you're in a conversation with somebody, and uh, let's call him Joe, and Joe is trashing your best friend, John, and you know what Joe's saying about John is not true, but you don't say anything to defend John, well, you're just as guilty. But what my reply was, what I wrote was, you know, it's not easy uh, to always step up and defend John in face of Joe's accusations. It's not easy. It's sometimes better to just remain quiet and thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt, to take that phrase from Abraham Lincoln. But not always when you open your mouth doesn't mean that you're a fool. What it would mean in that circumstance is that you're stepping up for John because you know what Joe's saying is a falsehood and is slander and is an untruth. 
But yet the crowd's th- sitting there listening to John because maybe uh, Joe, excuse me, because maybe Joe presents it better, makes a compelling story, is convincing. Um, again, sometimes we got to just step back and listen to what people are saying and judge for ourselves. Don't listen and think everything someone says is Bible. There are people out there slandering other people or just uh, dissing them big time. And if you believe what they're telling you without questioning, if a doubt in your mind pops up and says, you know what, that ain't the guy I know, or that's not the girl I know, or the person I know, uh, something's wrong here. Well, maybe you step up and say, what are you, afraid to lose the friend Joe who's making the slanderous comments? When you're not there, maybe this dude's ripping you too. So sometimes I'm a fan of interceding. When we know something is not true, speak up and say something. Um, it's easy to remain quiet and just uh, kind of go along with everybody, but uh, isn't that in itself a form of slander and a form of uh, defamation of one's character? So you say we don't learn anything in Facebook. Well, there you go. Uh, yesterday, uh, the anniversary of Chris Cornell's death, uh, he passed away in 2017. Uh, after a Soundgarden concert in Detroit, he was 52 years old. Today I saw uh, something that his daughter, Tony, that's with an I, T-O-N-I, uh, had wrote. In, and she shared this little um, video of her and her father singing so many years ago. I actually put that up on Facebook, uh, Finding Subjects Facebook page. Uh, and it's kind of neat just to take a little look into the Cornell family way back. Her being a little girl, her father sitting there playing the guitar, Teaching her how to sing, teaching her, like, you know, to go high doesn't mean you have to go high loud. And how to control your voice. And there's this little girl just, like, bopping around. And, you know, you'd say, oh, she's not even paying attention. She's listening to every word her father says. She's just taking it in. Sometimes little kids can't stand still. Sometimes big kids can't stand still, like me. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. And then you, see, you hear her singing. And imagine that's one little snapshot in their life and how often that must have happened. And then her little, you know, the son came over and he starts, I believe, doing an Eminem uh, rap, uh, you know, off to the side. And it's just fascinating to see that the patience with Chris, and I'm sure he was that kind of father. He just seems like that kind of person. And I remember when uh, learning about his death, man, I I was so sad because, uh, you know, like every death I hear about, especially when it happens that way, uh, people that you least expected, um, it was extremely sad, and I really admired uh, his songwriting capabilities, his, his musicianship, and his voice. And uh, to look at somebody like that and say, wow, he was on top of the world. Beautiful wife, beautiful children, all the money in the world, fame, fortune. And yet um, that loop must have been inside of his head um, that troubles a lot of us, you know, that uh, ever-present depression or anxiety or whatever he was dealing with um sadly he succumbed to that and uh it's just sad when i hear about this think about that often i listen to uh, his music all the time i really liked his unplugged stuff uh, i think it's called songbook we'll play some of those songs today um and just an incredible musician very passionate um plays a taylor acoustic guitar i believe and, and i mean he, this guy can play guitar you know it's not like he's just uh you know all vocal or all guitar. He's got the whole package there. And it's just uh, it's a pleasure to listen to each and every song. Uh, go back to uh, Temple of the Dog, or Soundgarden, or his solo projects. Really good stuff. So uh, if you never heard of Chris Cornell, 
Welcome to the World. We'll play some of that for you today. We'll play some of his acoustic stuff because uh, it's beautiful music. Uh, what else happening? Well, we can go into this way. We'll do it this way. We'll, we'll cheat a little bit and uh, use the web to see what, what else was happening uh, in the world in music history. Uh, this week, I guess, uh, music history. Music history. Let's go. Well, <laughs> nothing ever comes up when you want it to. It's like taking me music history back into the uh, Pope Gregory the Great codifies and collects to the chant, <laughs> which is now called the Gregorian chant. Do we play some Gregorian chant in today's <laughs> podcast? <laughs> if I could find one that's like, I don't know, a minute long, which I doubt it. We'll look anyway. Yeah. Mozart, The Marriage of Figaro, Figaro, premieres in Vienna. I'm a big Mozart fan. Um, there was a thing back in the day when, uh, uh, I guess, uh, psychologists and child experts were doing this study, like, hey, if you uh, um, expose your children to classical music, especially like Mozart while they're in the womb, um, they'll grow up to be very intelligent people. And, you know, so, of course, I used my, uh, my wife's stomach as an experiment. You know, and I had a little speaker, and I would play Mozart all the time for these kids. And voila, they're very intelligent. <laughs> Is that the reason? I often blame the mailman. I said, the mailman must have been a smart guy. I would say the milkman, but I was never a milkman. I was a mailman, though. <laughs> hey, in 1878, Thomas Edison patents the phonograph. Phonograph, I don't want your... Oh, that was photograph. Def Leppard. Kidding. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> you could tell I'm in a wacky mood today. Tchaikovsky's The Sleeping Beauty debuts in St. Petersburg in 1890. Guess what happened in 1891? Carnegie Hall opens in New York. New York. Let's get to some modern times. Want some modern times? Patsy Cline in 1961 releases I Fall to Pieces and Crazy. The success of the songs helped her to cross over. From country to pop, and um, sadly, I believe Patsy passed away in a plane crash. Which, uh, you know, some people will say, oh, that song, I fall to pieces. And I'm like, don't even go there. 1963, a wave of Beatlemania uh, is now blocked because I can't see it because a big advertisement for Fresh Direct popped in front of me. And uh, how am I supposed to read this now? Let's get the heck out of my way. See that? See what happens? Try to get some information. Now, now, I can't even exit out. It really wants me to link on Fresh Direct, but I will take that and I'll try to get rid of it. No can do. Oh, I'm screwed. Here we go. All right, I'm going to have to click on it, see what happens. Oh, wow. Let's learn about Fresh Direct. Not interested. And it's still there. It, okay, there we go. Oh, my God. It's just pop up after pop up. I'm going to have to get out of this site and find another one, but this is actually pretty good. Do I not have a pop up blocker on here? It's a shame. This was fun. The heck? Well, let me do something here. I got an idea. We'll go around it. Uh, what was I saying? A wave of Beatlemania hits the UK. The Beatles, a British band composed of John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, and Paul McCartney, take Britain by storm. And the Rolling Stones emerge as the anti Beatles with an aggressive blues derived style that, yeah, okay. As you could tell, you know, I'm a fan of there. I'm a fan of Keith Richards. <laughs> 
I'm not a fan of Mick Jagger. We all know the story. It goes back many years ago. You'll have to listen to an earlier podcast about my little beef with Mick. In 1971, Jim Morrison dies in Paris at the age of 27. That happened on July 3rd of... Uh, well, why is it coming up today? Mm, I don't know. Why is that happening? What am I even looking at? <laughs> it's just a music timeline. From... Uh, the year 325 to the present day. All right, so it doesn't really pertain to today in rock history or anything like that. But it's just cool stuff that we can talk about. Allman Brothers, Dwayne Allman dies in a motorcycle accident at the age of 24 on October 29th of 1971. Did they not name the album Eat a Peach after that accident? Did he not hit a peach truck with his motorcycle? Hmm. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. Something we'll have to look into. Uh, let's see here. Um, what else is interesting to me? Oh, 1977, Saturday Night Fever sparks the disco inferno. Guess what else happened in 1977? Mm. The king passes away. Mr. Elvis Presley dies at Graceland in his Memphis, Tennessee home. Any idea how old he was? 42. In 1980, John Lennon of the Beatles is shot dead in New York City. Do you remember where you were when you when you heard that news? I do. Sitting on the couch at a, at a girl's house, and it came over the television. Very sad day. And you may ask yourself, you may ask yourself, what song is that? I'm going to leave it at that for you. A little trivia question. You can send that in. I'm not going to answer it. And you may ask yourself, what is this? I'm not going to say no more. That's your cloak for today. Send that to... Uh, Anyway, finding subjects at yahoo.com, and I'll answer if you're correct. Uh, send it in. Send your answer into that. But uh, no, that went away. Oh, this is just ridiculous. Why? Okay, yeah, well, he was 42 years old, Elvis. So also in 1977, uh, you guys remember the disco age? <laughs> Do I age myself and tell you I remember the disco age? I was just a young dot. Uh, it was funny, man. The clothes people would wear, platform shoes and bell-bottom pants and these silk-patterned shirts. <laughs> and, and, you know, they were buttoned down in the front with these huge collars, but, like, you buttoned, like, four buttons and everything else from, like, your uh, your sternum all the way up, that stays unbuttoned. <laughs> and people had, like, gold chains. <laughs> it was so strange. It was so strange, man, but uh, that was part of the music past. Back in a time where uh, MTV used to actually play some music. Remember that? That was fun. That was great. You could just sit there, put the television on, you see these video, music videos. It was great. And then suddenly things started to change. And we'll leave that there, right there where I just left it. Jump right back into this. Now, this one's only taking me to medieval times, dude. We don't care about that, really, do we? Uh, well, we know what happened. The Beatles happened. That's where I was going with this. And you may ask yourself, that's what I was about to say. And you may ask yourself, again, I'm not giving you the answer. Send it in to Yahoo, finding subjects at Yahoo to come, and I'll, maybe you'll have a reward, an award. Anyway, why don't we play Beatles? Why don't we play Beatles songs here? I had this, uh, grandioso plan about how we were going to do the Beatles. We were going to do a special uh, name the Beatles lyrics night. 
had a guitarist coming in, had all these special people coming in. And then COVID happened. And I'm like, you know, we never got back to it. And then if you notice each and every episode, we never talk about the Beatles. And the Beatles were one of my favorite bands. So what do we do about that? Hmm. I can correct that, I guess. And here we go. Um, you want some Beatles trivia today? I got some stupid ones first. Are you ready? Which British port city did the Beatles come from? Manchester? Liverpool? Blackpool? London? Nottingham? You're right if you said Liverpool. Here's a good question for you. Who's the oldest Beatle? Who would you think is the oldest Beatle? I know what people are going to say. And you would be incorrect if you said John Lennon. The oldest Beatle. You can pause here and go ask your friends. You want the answer? It was Ringo Starr, who was the youngest Beatle. You might think, hmm, maybe it was Paul McCartney. Well, you would be wrong again. It is George Harrison. I took a really cool Beatles tour in Liverpool. Um, you went to everybody's houses, right? You saw where George Harrison lived, where uh, Paul McCartney lived, where John Lennon lived. You went to Strawberry Fields. We went to the Cavern Club. Uh, just if you're a Beatles fan, it's just so cool. Uh, it was a really great tour if you ever get to Liverpool, which I would highly recommend. While you are there, uh, make sure you go to see the world's best football club. Uh, you know, say a soccer club here in the United States, but uh, FC football club, which would be Liverpool. Right? Go check a game out at Anfield. It is something like you've never seen before. Most passionate fan base. And then afterwards, the parties. Fantastic. Uh, what was Ringo Starr's real name? I know you know this one. Come on. Ringo Starr's real name. Richard Starkey. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Oh. It was interesting, uh, the intelligence of the Beatles and that they read sheet music. How many of them do you think read sheet music? Which means you're kind of like, you know, you had some you had some background in music. Well, guess what? None of them could read sheet music. How amazing that is. Very cool. Do you know what year the Beatles were officially formed? It was 1960. Where did George Harrison audition for John and Paul? This is a good one. That's a good question. And that was on top of a double-decker bus. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Very cool. Which, which German photographer gave the Beatles their iconic mop-top haircuts? I've heard this before. It's a good one. And that would have been Astrid Kircher. Did you know one of the Beatles got deported from Germany for being underage? And that was George Harrison. So enough of that for today. We will talk about that again on the podcast, I'm certain. Uh, we'll play some Beatles songs today. We'll play some Chris Cornell today. Uh, let's see here. What year? Here, you know, this is a deceiving one. This is a deceiving one, right? Because uh, if you think about it, a lot of people who started being Beatles fans started becoming Beatles fans, and the Beatles had already broken up. 
like a decade or two before that. So if you ask when, what year the people, uh, what year did the Beatles stop touring? That's a question that a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't get. Be like, no way. What would your guess be? Like 72, 75, something like that. They stopped touring in 1966. How many instruments do you think George Harrison could play? That's a good one. He could play 26 instruments. Why couldn't the Beatles hear themselves on stage when they were touring? <laughs> this is a great question. And ironically, I've experienced this. <laughs> I'd say, dude, you're so full of it. They couldn't hear themselves on stage because the fans were screaming so loud. And we actually had that happen when I was a kid and I was in a band. And we played at an all-girl high school, which was fantastic. It was great. I cannot believe I convinced a nun to allow the four of us to, uh, <laughs> well, wait a minute. It was five of us. I'm sorry. Uh, the five of us to get on stage in front of uh, every class, the entire, the entire school population of a, an all-girl Catholic high school. Um, and not that we were anywhere close to the Beatles, but I think it was just uh, for the girls. There were boys in school. <laughs> that was it. And they screamed so loud that I literally could not hear my guitar. I couldn't hear that my two strings had popped because we were playing so hard. And we were playing out of Ampeg V4 stacks that are very loud. But the scream was so loud that I was just laughing hysterically. And then I looked down. I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't hear us anyway. It was fantastic. And I, I I, would say most people will never get to feel that that feeling, how crazy that was. And so uh, although we were never famous, never really great or good, we were very average, um, to be able to experience that little thing that happened was just amazing and remarkable for us. So that's the closest we'll ever get to Beatles stardom by uh, being drowned out by screaming women um, and not being able to hear your own guitars over Ampeg V4, V12 V uh, stacks, <laughs> which is absolutely incredible. Uh, hmm. Which Beatles swore in the song, Hey Jude? <laughs> swore? Wow. I have to listen to that. I didn't even know there was a swear word in there, but uh, that had been Mr. Paul McCartney. So anyway, that's it. Uh, today I just kind of wanted to say hello. Yes, wanted to say hello, and especially because we uh, have gone this week without a podcast with Bink and Bob and myself. Uh, Bob's down with the COVID. He's down with the sickness. Hopefully he feels better soon. Uh, we can get back to recording. Hopefully next week, even if Bob's not passing our uh, quarantine protocol, he can call in. <laughs> and uh, we'll get back on board. What we normally do is we record... Uh, and then bank some episodes so we can always have something in uh, in in, re in reserves, if you if you will, in case uh, we can't record. So, but anyway, uh, just always have that feeling that need to uh, say hello to you. Stop on by Finding Subjects podcast on uh, Facebook, man. We always uh, do something there, some 